0: to bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, family, and welcome to this incredible episode on float tanks, psychedelics, and connecting with the spirit in all things with Kevin Johnson. This is a fantastic episode and you're going to notice that right away I make a massive and super embarrassing error and I call Kevin Michael. So this was done on live on Facebook, which isn't too big a deal, uh, but it's on YouTube and it was super embarrassing. So, you know, that's just putting that out there to say uh, crap happens. But after 100, this was episode 128, actually. So um, not too bad. I guess it takes 128 episodes to make a really terrible error. Um, But that shouldn't prevent you from, you know, doing it, from just putting it out there. So super, super embarrassing. Um, I do that. But luckily, Kevin is an awesome guy we met in uh we met at the conscious media festival which is coming up in austin so uh check that out it's march 3rd to 5th i'm going to be there i'm going to be presenting with sandra walter so it's going to be amazing uh but that's where kevin and i met we talked about float tanks and consciousness and spirituality and he's just got such a pleasant aura and vibe to him he's so calm and uh He's just an awesome guy, man, all around. So he let me off the hook, thankfully, because it was terribly embarrassing. Um, So there you go. Um, If you guys want to support the podcast, leaving reviews are epic. And I just want to thank Yogini11 from Canada who left this one. And it says, Blast of Love. Great content that leaves me with even more questions. Matt is genuine, and I can feel his love and positive vibes through the sound waves. Always have a fresh perspective on life spirituality after listening to his interviews so thanks so much for leaving that if you guys want to support the show leaving a review just taking that time is super helpful people kept telling me to set up a patreon so i did that so you know i was resistant to doing it because i felt like uh you know i was just asking for money but considering i'm putting out five podcasts a week or three to five or as much as i can i guess that that counts so uh if you guys want to support that way like even like a dollar 44 a month times like a thousand people that's I don't know. That's awesome. If I can get that kind of reach, that'd be great. Um, and then, you know, my plan is to move into abundance and then try to redistribute that abundance uh, in smart and intelligent ways. And uh, I'm at level one right now, which is getting sandwich money. Um, so that's level one is uh, sandwiches, which is from uh, Adventure Time. I love that show. Um, so, yeah. So, in this episode, I'm, I'm kind of getting diverted here, but we talk about some awesome stuff. We talk about. Uh, What a a flotation tank is, how they work, four categories of float tank benefits, how often should you float, psychedelics and float tanks, which is amazing, float tanks, and ayahuasca integration. The main lessons from shamanism and conscious exploration, because Kevin does have a background in that as well and connecting to god and spirit and all things remembering that we are nature so this is a very powerful episode um if you want to support then yeah leaving a review uh checking out mattbelair.com signing up for the email list checking out mattbelair.com store um lots of really cool stuff over there and uh, those of you guys interested in coaching there's a form now at mattbelair.com coaching so it's making it a lot more linear for me and uh, i'm going to look at doing like some group stuff because of just the uh amount of people so you know we'll We'll, we'll look at doing a group stuff at uh, a really affordable, you know, rate. I'll figure that out. I'm still trying to figure out. It's just my time is the thing is uh, I'm just overwhelmed with trying to put out all, the, all these podcasts out there. So I'm going to improve my systems and going to pro- uh, improve how much content I can give you guys. And right now the content is all in the podcast with these amazing people. So I'm focusing there and we'll look to uh, give even more back as I improve my systems. So I'm just going to leave it at that, Uh, so let's get into it with Kevin, and before we do that, let's just come into a state of coherence, so let's just imagine that we're in a float tank, um, that we're creating this field around ourselves, and we can do that with our own consciousness, so just taking a deep breath in through your nose, and just imagine that the life force, the life force, the prana, the energy in all things, you're just breathing that, and you're connecting to the highest infinite intelligence, hold that breath And just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another slow, deep breath in through your nose. And just imagine this orb around you. This powerful, supportive, loving orb of energy around you. Connecting to divine, infinite intelligence. Just connecting to source energy with each and every breath. Now taking another deep breath deep breath in through your nose as you continue your relaxing breathing and just come to a place of peace and calm. And just focus your attention on your heart and just bring to mind one thing that you're grateful for. And as you connect with this one thing that you're grateful for, I want you to feel that emotion of love and gratitude. And I want you to adjust in your mind to double that feeling of love and gratitude. And just double that feeling one more time, and double that feeling one more time. And now as you immerse yourself in this feeling of powerful love and gratitude, as you remember that you are an infinite creator connected to all things, that source intelligence is within you and within all beings, and that you are connected to a higher divine intelligence, I want, to, I want you to, with your intention, to send out that energy to all your friends, to everybody you saw today and this week, to everybody you've ever met on the planet, to everybody in the world that exists here and ever will exist and ever has existed. I want you to just send them out deep love and gratitude, powerful, loving, supportive energy, and I'm sending you that energy now, all of my love and my support to you just to use that energy to create the life of your dreams, to go through life with peace and ease and connection and to remember who you are and why you came and to let go of all things that are illusionary, that do not serve you. And just for you to remember your highest purpose, your highest joy and your highest connection with all things, knowing within your heart that you are a divine co-creator. So there you go think we're ready to get into this incredible podcast where I screw up so bad right away. Um, but I get to make a little bit of justice here. Um, or redemption anyway. So this is my friend, Kevin Johnson on float tanks. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the mastermind, body and spirit show. I am your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the owner of the Zero Gravity Institute, which is a leader in float tank technology and has been in the industry for over 30 years. He has done a lot more than this, and I'm excited to chat with him. Welcome to the show, Michael Johnson. What's up, brother? It's it's Kevin Johnson. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God, man. That's the worst. Wow. Wow. Great start. Great start jeez man how are you doing dude
1: i'm doing good matt it's good to be here thanks for having me on
0: yeah thank god we have met in person so that i could at least like say sorry with hugs and like how terrible (laughs) a starting you could actually do this is the love oh my god sorry brother
1: i've been called worse so
0: i i can i
1: can answer to any name that you would like to have me answer to today
0: Oh Yeah, well, I I appreciate the forgiveness. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to see you again, man. We met. um, I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time because we met last year um, at the Conscious Media Festival. And, um, you know, I was, um, you know, getting into float tank stuff and learning more about it. And you had the the, uh, whole facility, but you've been in the game for an extremely long time. So, you know, do you want... Yeah, just give the people a little bit about your background, because you've done you've done a lot more than that. So just trying to give a makeshift bio and butchered it as as hard as hard as you could possibly butcher <laughs> yeah. anything. So I'm sorry, just no, no. Oh, please please save me, brother.
1: It's yeah. So uh, <laughs> no problem, man, at all. <laughs> uh, I so I started floating about 30 years ago. It was uh, back in um, you know, 1986, 1987. And I had just gotten out of college and I went out to uh, Los Angeles to work. And um, I was studying music and theater and things like that. So it was a decent place for me to be. And I just, I came across this, this uh, article in the LA Weekly about this float center that, that had been running for a couple of years called Altered States. And I had seen this movie a few years before called Altered States. I don't know if you remember it, but it was like a Ken Russell film from the early 80s, I think 1980, and it had William Hurt in it. And uh, it was uh, basically the story of these Harvard professors that went down to uh, to Mexico and met with the Huichol Indians and brought back magic mushrooms and synthesized them and then used a flotation tank to test them. And so I was familiar with the tank, but I really thought that all it was was just a mechanism for a movie. I I didn't understand that that was a real thing when I saw the movie. Then I come across this article in the LA Weekly and it's got a picture of a flotation tank. And I recognize it as oh that's that thing from that movie that was so cool, and uh, you know I, I was a psychedelic kid so I, I liked anything that that uh, offered me the opportunity to explore altered states of consciousness, and I went in with a buddy of mine and I had a float, and I, I got to tell you it was it was such a strange feeling to come out of the flotation tank and. F- feel the way that I felt because I, I I left, I went down to the beach, I took a long walk on the beach and I, I just felt so centered and so focused and so clear and relaxed. I, I, I mean, I was only 19, so I, I had never really felt anything like that, you know? And I really had a hard time believing that it was just from the flotation tank. So uh, the next day I called back and I made an appointment to come in again and do another float. And, so I could, you know, validate this thing. And on that visit, I was actually lucky enough to meet one of the owners. And uh, by the time I'd finished my second float, I was totally into float tanks, and I wanted to know everything about them. I was just so curious. And we sat down and had this long discussion. By the end of the discussion, he was offering me a job there. So I took it because it, to me was just a great opportunity to have, you know, access to these flotation tanks as much as I wanted and learn more about them. And, and, uh, I, I came to f- find out that like the people who were coming in to use the tanks were just this incredible group of people that I never would have been able to access with, with without that opportunity. So it was just, um, kind of just stumbled into a lucky situation. And so, yeah, that was, that was 30 years ago. And
0: I've, I've been floating a lot ever since, you know, That's amazing. Yeah, well, I had my first uh, experience. I heard about it at a Joe Rogan podcast a long time Mm ago and um, finally got a a float a few years ago and then I've been going here and there. And it's it's quite an interesting experience, uh, especially as a meditator, you know, you can really dive deep really, really quickly. Um, You know, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. Um, You have also a big background in music. You know, you're just telling me before the show that you toured around playing music. So and exploring altered states with psychedelics. And I feel like float tanks you know, is, is a soft way to kind of get into that where you're getting out of the mind and you're in, in a very um, peaceful experiment, experience. And it kind of goes beyond that, obviously, since you've floated a lot. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about, I don't, I don't know the best way to start, like a bit about the technology and like how it's developed or, or, sure. or you know, yeah, yeah. Anything like that for someone who hasn't. Yeah, so I'll, um,
1: I'll start by just kind of describing what, what a flotation tank is, because there might be listeners that have never even heard of it or can't really envision what we're talking about. So um, a, a flotation tank is a, a soundproof and lightproof chamber. They, they come in different sizes and shapes, but they all basically work the same. So, some are like a small rectangular box, four feet wide, four feet tall, eight feet long. Others are like a pod, they call them pods. They, they look like, a, um, like an egg, like a big egg, eight foot long, four and a half foot wide egg. And they open up like a clamshell, you know, they, they open like this and you crawl in. And, um, or the, the type that I manufacture are more of a room. So I, I manufacture a float room that's six feet wide, eight feet long, and seven feet tall, just like a big white cube. But they all work the same. There's 10 to 12 inches of water in, in the bottom of the tank, and then we saturate that water with between 8 and 1,200 pounds of Epsom salt. And then we heat the water to around 93.5 degrees, what we call skin receptor neutral. So this is the temperature that the body doesn't register the water as either warm or cold. It's just neutral. And so what happens is you... you uh, you take a shower, you get in the tank, you're naked, you don't wear any clothing or jewelry or anything like that. Sit down in the bottom of the tank. When you lie back, the Epsom salt makes you so buoyant that you just float in the top two or three inches of the solution. So it takes away the effects of gravity. You don't have to do anything. You just kick back and relax, just lay on your back. The, the solution holds the weight of your head, so you don't have to do anything to keep yourself afloat. Then so you no gravity, no temperature, because the water's heated to skin receptor neutral, no light, and no sound. So complete sensory deprivation. And it does a lot for you. It's uh for most people, your first experience in the flotation tank, it's gonna be the first time that you ever feel something other than that constant downward pull of gravity on your body. And it's amazing how much of the brain's resources are occupied just dealing with the effects of gravity, right? You have to worry about your balance and whether you're comfortable in your shoes or comfortable on your chair or in your bed or whatever. So this is a pretty unique feeling on its own, just not having the gravity. But then when you take away all this other external stimuli, what happens is it frees up resources for the brain and the body, the mind, to do background work that it doesn't ordinarily get to do. Your heart's not fighting the forces of gravity, so your heart rate will slow down. You're requiring less oxygen in the bloodstream because you're not active, so your respiratory rate will slow down. Your brain activity will start to slow down. You'll enter the tank in beta, and you'll slowly shift down to alpha, and then down into theta, which is like a dream state. So you get very, very relaxed. You get into this kind of dreamy, euphoric, hypnagogic kind of... uh, Uh, state, and then your body will start to reward you for being in such a pleasant and easy environment, the system will start, you'll start having um, endorphins created in your system, so you'll start feeling really good, really euphoric, it's really nice, you get into these deep, deep, deep states of relaxation. And so we use them for, basically I kind of break it down into four categories, there's the most obvious one is just stress reduction and relaxation. The next is uh, more about healing, physical rejuvenation. If you're an athlete and you're recovering from competition or a hard workout, or maybe you've had surgery or been in some kind of an accident, the the uh, flotation tank is a great place to do healing. We're finding out that it's really good for treating concussions and intense head injuries. Uh, the next category is about like creativity, cognitive function. If you're a writer, a poet, a songwriter, uh, an, a visual artist, you come up with a lot of great ideas in the tank. Um, if you need to learn a new skill, a new language, or something for educational purposes, the tank's a really good place to, to study and, and you know, uh, go, go over things mentally that you need to remember. Also getting out of the tank, that your mind is really open to receiving new ideas and new information and processing it well. And then the fourth category, the one that I spend most of my time with is exploration of altered states of consciousness, expanding your awareness, exploring non-ordinary reality. Um, People find that they may come in for stress reduction or maybe dealing with some chronic back pain or something, high blood pressure, they start floating for those reasons and then after their floating practice starts to mature their consciousness starts to change their awareness starts to open they start seeing and feeling things differently and then that becomes more of the reason that they come back to the float tank you know year after year is uh more about consciousness so it's an interesting technology because it just it kind of offers Something to everyone. It just depends on what you're needing right now and what you're looking for.
0: Amazing. Yeah, that's a really, really great overview. Um, you know, for me, for me, when I when I was experienced, I float a few times, and I'm able to get into a very deep state of meditation really, really quick. And I love the detail yeah. that you're talking about of what happens to the body and the physiology. And so, because the body doesn't have to focus on all these things it normally has to focus on, you know, balance so you don't fall over and your surroundings and everything like that. It's just at a state of peace. And then the mind can function in a different way. And I've heard of a lot of different stories coming out of float tanks where people have very interesting experiences or healings or things like that. Um, and then you're also working a lot with athletes, right? That's why you make the really really big ones because some of the some of the taller athletes can't even fit and they can't enjoy the technology. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you're a professional football player, you're not going to want to get into a, a little tank or a pod. They're, they're just, they're not that roomy. And, and a lot of people are, they they, um, they have issues around claustrophobia or even, even in a more minor way, like they, you know, sometimes people just don't like to feel too closed in. And, um, and so I, I, I always felt like if if people are stressed out by the tank itself, then you're kind of defeating the purpose. So when I started designing and building float tanks, I wanted them to, first of all, be very, very comfortable for anybody who might choose to use it. I also like the fact that there's a lot more fresh air inside the tank. When you're doing longer floats, two or three or four hour floats, or in some cases, like I go in three or four times a year and do an overnight float where I'll be in the tank for eight or nine hours. And it's nice to have that volume of fresh air inside the tank. And of course, ours have a ventilation system, so they're constantly exchanging the air, keeping the water temperature very accurate and very precise. Um, our, our The tanks that I build are all computer controlled and uh, technologically very advanced to try to create this perfect environment for, uh, for the floater, it, it's, um, you're asking about the like, technically what's happening in the body, you know, when we free up the body, here, here's an interesting fact for you, Matt, something that you might enjoy. So I was reading this article that said that at any given moment, there's 400 million bits of information available to your brain. And that, that number sounds crazy, until yeah, you really start thinking about what falls under the umbrella of information. So like, what's the air temperature? Where's the, if there's a breeze, where is it coming from? What's that sound in the background? What color is the shirt that I'm wearing? What color is the scenery that I'm looking at? How much noise is around me? Like it just, if you start adding it up, you know, what color is Matt's shirt? What color is Matt's hat? What does Matt have around his neck? Like what's on the wall behind him? There's a, just, it just goes on and on and on. So imagine, taking away 400 million bits of information Mm
0: -hmm. from
1: that that freeing up the brain like that you know responds in amazing ways and uh it's it's uh like you're you're producing extra neurotransmitters when you're in there dopamine serotonin melatonin so it, it can have profound effects on you for days and days after your float and and if you're Floating regularly, which is what we recommend, then these effects can go on for. They can just become a regular part of your life, really.
0: Wow, yeah, that's a really interesting way to put it. The the bits of information not having to process that that many. That's uh, that's yeah. interesting. We're, and,
1: we're taking about ninety percent of the workload off of your brain and your central nervous system. So we're doing a lot of heavy lifting the minute we get you in the tank and
0: floating. Right, right. Wow. So do you find that the people that come into the float tanks, maybe is there a difference in in the response between somebody who meditates and somebody who doesn't? maybe the person who doesn't meditate or is something like, I've never meditated before, but I, I'm still able to get these benefits and they basically just get their meditation in the float tank or, or uh, like, how does, that, how does that feedback usually get reported? So
1: um, that is a cool subject because one of the reasons that I like to float so much is that I, I'm really not very good at meditating. Like I, the, a traditional sitting practice to me involves so much work in terms of getting myself comfortable, is my back okay, is my butt okay, am I hearing something? There's just a lot of distraction. And so this is one of the reason that, reasons that the, the float tank is so appealing to us as Westerners, right? Is that we like to have the easy button and the float tank is 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 the easy button for meditation. We do we do all the all the work that is normally involved in a s- traditional sitting practice. We do all that work just by getting you in the tank. We take away all the distractions and all the discomfort. And so you really can get into these deeper meditative states. Now it's really interesting when people already have a good mature meditation practice, they report that they can get into their float faster, it doesn't take as long for them to relax and, and let go and, and get involved in their float. But at the same time, they also report that using those techniques in the flotation tank, they can go deeper in their meditation than they ever can in a regular sitting practice. They, they get, every time they go in the tank, they get to the same depths as, you, as they do maybe two, three, four times a year with their traditional practice. So I think it's good for people who meditate, and I think it's good for people who have a hard time meditating.
0: Yep, yep, 100% agree. I know this because I got one from my sister, and she she wasn't a huge meditator. Um, And she had a really profound experience, you know, in there, and she... You know, it took her a little, little bit to get into it. Right, a little bit nerve-wracking at first because it's, it's odd if you've never been in there. It's a little yeah. bit odd. Um, but then after that, you can drop down very, very quickly, and you're hitting different brainwave states. Uh, that's right. And that's, that's the important thing here. You know, we have different technologies like binaural beats help a brainwave state. Um, certain environments help a brainwave state. Singing bowls create a ba- brainwave and vibrational state. Um, so in your grunting. research. Shamanic drumming, yeah. And I know that you're extremely knowledgeable in, in many areas beyond floating in, in consciousness and music and in vibration and sound. What are your thoughts on some other technologies or going deeper into floating if somebody is looking to expand their consciousness and their awareness, you know, some of the tools that you've come across and, and what does that even, you know, mean to you? You know, what is it, you know, how would you even frame that for the average Joe? Uh, other other
1: Te- other tools and technologies like psychedelics and shamanism and stuff like that? Is that what you're yeah. asking oh, yeah. it's about?
0: A, or? It's, well, anything. It's, it's all open door. We've I've had shamans on the show. I've had everything. I just know that, you know, floating is a very powerful tool, you know? And so, yeah. you know, I, I feel like you're a really great ambassador. Say, come on in float but also as a as a human you're you're really you know talented musician you it's not, you're beyond floating you know you're an explorer of consciousness and this is one of your tools so kind of to open up the basket a little bit of you know your thoughts on just the field of consciousness and and how to how to develop that and maybe even using the float float as a tool and a technology to to just expand your awareness and your possibilities
1: yeah. Um, okay, so this is my favorite subject. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so in the early days of floating, there was a lot of experimentation with different psychedelics. I mean, e- even the inventor of the tank, you know, they they test, uh, his name was John Lilly, and invented the tank in 1954. And part of the reason was to do brain research. And and it turned into consciousness research because they started testing Um, compounds like LSD and psilocybin and mescaline and NDMA and things like that as 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 scientists would develop, uh, you know, these different uh, compounds, you know, a lot of them were very boutique, you know, handcrafted compounds that they were just, and they would experiment with them in the tank. So the tank's always been at least loosely linked with uh, psychedelics and consciousness exploration. Um, I've, in the early days, I experimented a lot with different compounds and, and taking them in the tank, like actually dosing up and climbing in the tank and just seeing what happened. Um, over a few years of, of working like that, with that kind of experimentation, what I began to appreciate was that uh, you know these are, these are different medicines and they don't need to be combined. I started to really appreciate the the natural aspects of the tank, like just going in completely unaltered and just seeing where I could go with the tank became a more interesting pursuit to me than to try to bring other psychedelic compounds into the tank with me. Now, that being said, they do work together in a, uh, in a very interesting way. So um, I, I'm, a, I'm a regular ayahuasca drinker. And what I have found is that preparing for ayahuasca or, or for any psychedelic journey, um, it's, you always need to have preparation and integration. And what i found is that you can go in the float tank do your regular work, set your intention for the ceremony that's coming up, go out, get out of the float tank, next day you're in ayahuasca ceremony, you do two or three nights of ayahuasca, then the next day, as soon as you get out of the retreat, go back to the flotation tank and use that as the beginning of your integration process. Right? Things like ayahuasca and all these other powerful psychedelics, can be uh, very stimulating right there's a lot going on body sensations mind sensations uh, opening to spirit um, communication with other entities like there's a lot going on it's really nice to take yourself and put yourself in the floating environment where there's no distractions there's no external stimuli and just Think through your experience. You know what 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 were the ceremonies like? What was this experience like with this psychedelic? And man, you, you can put a lot of integration work in in a very short amount of time if you can do it in the distraction free environment that the tank provides you.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's a it's a really good point. Um, as an ayahuasca drinker, also, the the real important part for me is the integration after, you know, I think that a lot of people who haven't done it, they're all, they hear the stories, right? And you hear, you know, entities are going to these other dimensions and all that could happen. It's all great. And I love that when that happens. However, there's always a clear message of the work to be done, right? It's, you know, it's kind of like going to the, I don't know, a carnival of consciousness where it could be good, it could be bad, um, but you're going to get work after. And, and that's where, you know, I've I'd actually never considered um, floating as a tool after, and that's where you you want to sit because it's going to take you at least a few days, if not weeks, to integrate all that information that happened. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a really fascinating thing. Um, okay, well then, if we're going to go down this rabbit hole, which is <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't I didn't see comment which is cool. I'll just shift gears. So in exploring, you know, psychedelics and then bringing them into floats and all that and all that process, what are some of your favorite tools for someone to begin exploring their own consciousness and their own expansion? And and what for you and and kind of being a, a seeker for yourself is just important for somebody to like. Just essentially begin to expand their awareness, but deal with everyday life because a lot of people are waking up right now. That's the feedback I'm getting on the podcast. More people are waking up, and I'm kind of distinguishing between what awake is and what asleep is, and feeling out where people are. Um, but really, ultimately, for me, it's it's more more options. The more awareness you have and clarity where you're not identifying with your ego, you're not identifying with um, you know, like in in the after the podcast when I screwed up your name. I'm back in my mind thinking, "Oh shit, you dummy, you dummy," right? And it takes me a while to stop beating myself up to get to to not attach to the mistake that I made as an as an ego, you know? And it's just like little processes, but I've done enough work to slowly, you know, detach from that where if you don't, you can kind of just keep going all the way down, you know, I was like, oh, and you're upset for weeks and all that kind of thing. So, you know, but it, it took me a bit. <laughs> like, um, so as somebody who, you know, who, who is really just exploring these different worlds and doing the work, what do you kind of recommend for, for people to kind of just get their foot in the door? What's, what are some of the important lessons for you that have come forth and how to live and how to integrate and just maybe just general conscious exploration advice?
1: um that's a big subject but (laughs) yeah (laughs) my my immediate thoughts about it are um, you know this is this is uh, one of the one of the things that the tank the flotation tank can do for you very well okay so what i'm aware of is that not everyone has the ability Just because of their life situation, right? A certain kind of job, or family obligations, or time, or money, or or some version of all of those put together. Um, Not everybody really has the freedom and flexibility that I have or that you have to um, to do some of this more kind of esoteric work. And uh, you know, like like I have friends that are very interested in the ayahuasca experience. Who will never do it because they don't have the uh, space in their life right now. They're in the middle of raising kids and running businesses and things like that, and and they're just not at a place where they have the space in their life to do it. So it's not an option for everyone to go to some of these teacher plants and and um, you, you know have these kind of experiences that. That I get to have and that you get to have. The flotation tank is one hour. You're not putting anything illegal or questionable into your body. Uh, you're, you know, there's not a commitment of time like you know ayahuasca. You're, you know, minimum you're you're uh, occupied for six to eight hours, right? So uh, it, it provides an opportunity for people to do consciousness exploration and get some of that work done. Uh, without taking the risk or taking too much time out of their lives, it, it really is a great tool for, for that kind of work. The same rules apply to the flotation tank as with other psychedelics, with other medicines, with other teachers. Um, it, floating can be beautiful and euphoric and spiritual and light and amazing, and it can also be scary as hell. As your floating practice matures and you you really learn what it means to relax and let go and now let go more and now let go more and let go more and just how deep can you actually go? I'm, I'm telling you as a guy who's been floating for 30 years, you'll be very surprised how deep you can go with time and practice but in those states of consciousness sometimes you start to do this kind of deep transformative work that can be painful and scary and you know you can have realizations about yourself about your personality about your personal interaction with other people with your with your partners with your friends you know people that you love and care about where you maybe haven't been so kind or so gentle or understanding or compassionate Uh, Sometimes what you discover in the float tank is uh, it can can rock your world, but that's just how deep you can actually go with just your own mind in just the right kind of setting.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. And what would you say for duration if somebody is getting into – are these results someone would get, you know, the first month, the first three months, or – are what would be the approximate duration for let's say your average joe who's who's getting into it to allow yourself to go deep because the first thing that you're talking about i think is an important point is the ability to let go and in meditation that's kind of what you're doing you let go of your thoughts at first and you let go more and you let go more and then you hit this empty space and that that empty space for me one of the ways that I like to explain it is like the receiving space where things are just going to come in, not, not from your conscious thought. And then what happens is your consciousness likes to wrestle whatever comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. So to just kick my own butt again is when I make a mistake, my consciousness now at war with myself being like you idiot, you know? That? So, so that happens on a slighter scale. You know, when you're in meditation, you all just have a thought about the day or your job or a past experience. And you have this little wrestle and the idea to let go. right Right. and so floating allows you to go really deep you know as soon as you kind of let go of what is this tank why am i floating well i don't have to worry about anything this is nice and then you drop in i think that it's almost like levels where floating allows you just to kind of go like level one two and then poof and then you're all the way down here all of a sudden and then you gotta pop back up because you're like where was that you know you're really you're really sinking deep and and you're allowing allowing that stuff to come up. So, yeah, a powerful powerful tool. Do you ever do you ever try one of the things that I've been curious about is is music because you're a musician, um, you know, binaural beats or uh, singing bowls or anything like that. You ever um, bring those into the mix? Do you think that that would be beneficial? Uh,
1: yeah. There's no rules about floating. So if if you're um... I mean, we have people that listen to guided meditations and binaural beats, and I mean, you name it, it's it's really been tried in the tank. I mean, we have even had uh, tanks set up with video screens to, like, professional athletes will use video screens to study games and, and stuff like that. So visualization exercises are really good in the tank, right? What you find out is it's nice every once in a while to have some music or binaural beats or something going on in there um you know i've listened to i i, I do a, a shamanic practice of shamanic journeying with with drums and i've used recordings of of uh, drum beats in the tank for for shamanic journeying um, it's all possible right but what I I'm I'm as time goes on I'm becoming more and more of a purist. Like I really am starting to um, get a deep appreciation for a pure sensory deprivation experience. To really be able to explore altered states of consciousness, explore non-ordinary realities, you need to not have distraction, right? You, you, you need to get deep with deep inside yourself t- to reach these states. Um, I think what most people can expect from this, what what I've sort of seen as a trend, um, so for people who don't know, like we, we manufacture flotation tanks, but we also have a, a float center, uh, a really nice spa where you can come and we take you through the whole process. Um, and so we talked to a lot of people, and, and we've seen now over the years, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people have come and gone. And um, for most people, the first experience is going to be very interesting. But the novelty of that experience is what's going to keep you from going in really, really deep. You're going to be relaxed because you're in that environment and you can't help but relax. It's usually not until the third, fourth, fifth float that people sort of have this epiphany, this realization that floating is more than what they thought it was. The the experience becomes less novel, they're less distracted by the fact that they're in this very specialized environment. They've been to our facility a few times, they're very comfortable there, they know the people. All of that starts coming into play. Floating is a practice. Just like meditation, just like yoga, karate, uh, working out at the gym. Like we don't go to the gym and work out one time and go, great, I worked out, I'm in shape. I'm, I'm good, I don't have to go back, right? It's the same idea. So if you're doing it on a regular basis and being really consistent with your floating practice, somewhere around float three, four, five, you're gonna have this moment where you go deeper than you've ever gone before. And somehow you've managed to like be in that space without, without engaging with what's going on to the point where it speeds your brain activity up. You just become this passive observer. It's just like you're just watching the river flow by and you're getting the information out of it that you need, you're receiving the teachings, you're opening to what this new reality is that is in front of you and you're not really monitoring it. You're just sort of, being part of it and experiencing it. The first time that happens to you, you'll come bolt up out of your float. When you first when you start to come back to normal reality, it will be a shock to your system. You will be like, what just happened? Where did I just go? What was that? Because you're not sleeping and you're not awake. You're somewhere in this middle zone, right? So that's kind yeah. of what people can expect, you know, is is it gets better the more you practice doing it. You, you actually gain skills. You learn how to relax and let go. And then that's something that you bring out into your life, you know, like, hey, I'm very practiced at relaxing and letting go. How many situations do we get into in our everyday consensus reality where a good ability to relax and let go would be helpful?
0: Yep. Yeah yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. I think it's a really, really good point to to go into where where you're in this this middle ground because with meditation it takes quite a bit of practice. you know And all the time when people haven't meditated before, I'll even get an emails of how do I meditate? you know And, and I'm always just like there's this uh, um, comic that just has this person sitting there and, and a dog just tells them to sit and stay. And that's essentially meditation. You're just observing the real of your thoughts, and, but we get really complicated where floating really takes that out. And also the technology of taking away that sensorial experience allows these states to really kind of leapfrog and skip steps essentially for allowing you to dive really deep. And in, when you have those experiences, it, it unlocks something. And there's a person like you and myself that have had them, that that know we've had them, and and you know that there's no real explaining it in words. It's not really four words, whatever it is. And you know when someone's had it and when they haven't. And there's a lot of benefits to having that experience. Um, the way that you show up in in life, your ability to let go. It's it's not as you know, it's not a big as big a deal as it was before, right? Dropping that thought off wherever it was, I'm just gonna drop that off, it's, it doesn't even mean anything. Um, so it, it really does transfer to uh, practical application in life. And I think that the, you know, what I was gonna ask you is a little bit separate and, and off the topic, because you're you're touching a little bit on shamanism and some of these other practices. In, in that exploration of, of shamanism, you know, cause you live in Austin, you know, you live in a city, and you're exploring these these different a- avenues, have you learned, what are, some of the, what are some of the teachings and principles you've brought back from exploring shamanism, exploring life as an artist and a musician, you know, successfully touring and exploring the world of floating and, and really just wanting to develop yourself? What are some of the things that you've brought back and, and made a conscious effort to integrate into your life so that it kind of flows with a little bit more ease? You know, um,
1: we are complex creatures, right? Human beings are not just one thing. So we're, we're a body, a mind, a spirit. And I think what I've learned is like, if I had to kind of encapsulate it, it's like, it's the importance of achieving equilibrium between these things right we 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 have to keep a healthy body we have to keep a healthy mind and we have to keep a healthy spirit the work that we're doing it's different for each one of those right i mean there's some overlap but really and truly uh you know you see people all the time that are you know physically fit as as healthy and in, in shape as they could possibly be. But, but mentally and spiritually, they're a wreck. They're a disaster. And you see people on the other side of that spectrum where deeply spiritual people are really physically unhealthy or mentally unhealthy, right? Because they're not, they're not doing the work in all the places that the work needs to be done. So by trying to find balance in all of this, like how how do I stay physically healthy, f- physically connected to the the earth that sustains me and gives me life, right? How do I stay mentally sharp? How do I how do I uh, continue to grow as a person and and in in my uh, my knowledge and my attitudes and my interpersonal relationships? Like how how are these things working out? And then how is how are my spiritual practices how open is my heart how open am i to spirit how open am i to receiving what spirit is always making available right the spirit, the spirit world and spirits in general they're so helpful they're so benevolent they want to help us so much how good am i at receiving that help how good am I at tuning in to what spirit has to tell me because this is this is where you start to to um, really get balance in all aspects of your life is when you're treating those three things as equally important physical mental spiritual
0: amazing yeah man I totally agree with that that's actually the lesson that i've been getting personally and with the podcast and just uh i've been overworking you know it seems and and you can do that for periods of time like seasons of work you know um just the way that things are going it's just a lot of work and uh, i notice where a couple things are out of whack and there's really no um people me specifically i'm always looking for that one thing you know that one little nugget and it all wraps up and you know is mm-hmm. totally fine, and in, in reality, it's a process that you're kind of consistently monitoring. Uh, and I, I really like what you said about opening up to the spirit world, because I think that that's something that's really important for society today. Religion in my upbringing, in you know my era, and one you know back and the other one back, it was very much fear-based. You know, um, it's you know you go into some churches as a kid my friend and I were talking about this the other day, Ian Kennedy, who's the man who's listened to every episode. He's my good homie. We always talk about right the podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he'll talk about the guests and stuff like that. So it's really cool. It's nice to have a friend yeah. that listens and we can have these conversations because, you know, we're just exploring reality. We're exploring our little nook of growing up in Canada and viewing the world and wanting to have a life, you know, he's got a family, having it for a fan how to just explore. It's just so human, you know? And and but there's big questions because the world is effed up and we're and well, it, it seems that way. Anyway. And then on the other side, it's perfect and all that fun stuff. And where I'm trying to get to with this is that I think that our generation or me specifically just rejected religion because it didn't make any sense. But I was deeply spiritual and they kind of hijacked God, you know, and so then my generation of friends doesn't communicate with spirit and I've always resonated with the native cultures you know where they're really close with the land where if they eat an animal they're you know like veganism I'm that's great you know be a vegetarian be conscious I'm totally fine with that you know as a vegetarian for a long time I eat a small amount of meat and we'll probably go back to strict vegetarian or veganism and when a native does it though they they kill the animal and they're aware of the spirit you know and i'm like there's nothing wrong with conscious you know they they're in harmony with everything and so where this long-winded circle is trying to get to is how how would you recommend somebody opening up back up to spirit right because maybe your average person is like oh well it's this catholic god and then you've you've got this cluster right of this battle between this Jesus and this and this and this, but for me it's beyond that. It's that connection with spirit. And when you have it in your own unique way, it's a very powerful thing. And like you said, they want to help. And I've heard that they can't help unless you ask, which I, right. I resonate with. Um so from you know a shaman perspective and someone who's really close to that world, how would you recommend someone open up to that world and creating a dialogue and seeing it? And how do you how do you view it? How do you view you know god in the spirit world and and just invite people to rethink that conversation because my friends and a lot of people that i meet have just totally shut it down you yeah. know because they you know you had somebody kind of hijack it so i'll give it off to you to kind of go with that <laughs> red <rant. laughs> jeez oh man Struggling today. It's been a struggle day today. I swear. I released a podcast. It was. A, I edited one. It was a struggle. It's just been just getting there. <laughs> oh, Man. Um. So, you know,
1: when you talk about your this this reaction that uh, recent generations have had, where they they're kind of rejecting the traditional notions or the uh, Western religious notion of God, right? Because it's because it's entangled in all this dogma, right? That and and I think what people, my feeling about this is that's what people are rejecting, is the dogma, right? Because what if what if every single teaching of that religion, doesn't strike me as true? Does that mean the whole thing, is not true? It just becomes it's it's the risk of dogma. Right, and so I, I think what you're describing is more about that. I think people would be uh, open to the idea of God if if it wasn't so wrapped up in all these rules and letters of the law and all you know, all the dogma that gets attached to it. Um, when, and I, I think you'll relate to this idea. Um, when you start working with plant medicines like you know you and i both work with ayahuasca this is a beautiful teacher and guide for us one of the things that we start to learn is that there there really is a great web of life that all things do have spirit that all all animals all plants even inanimate objects can can have a spirit in ayahuasca we work you know mostly with trees. And, and plants, but mostly trees. And so we start to uh, develop these relationships with the spirit of these trees. Like we, we uh, have, have you
0: done a dieta? Have you done the shamanic diets? I don't know if it was strict. I've done some that were, uh, I've heard different ones, but I've done no sugar, no salt, no meat, no dairy for a while and I've done fasting, but I, d- I don't know. I've heard of different dietas, so I don't know. Yeah yeah so the the one you're describing is the one that we do
1: just preparatory before we're going into ceremony, right so where we're we're um basically stripping our diets down to to white food like fish, chicken, potatoes, plantains, rice, um cauliflower, like just very basic we
0: take out spices, no salt, no pepper, no condiments, right I wasn't allowed meat either, no meat, no dairy. It's the first oh, yeah. time I did it. I was, my, I didn't know anything about diet. And this wasn't that long ago. I was eating, like, you know, delicious pizza with vegetables on it. That was like good. For right. me. <laughs> I said, I didn't know what I was doing. I basically starved myself. Just eating yeah. like a few apples. I had no idea, but yeah, yeah. So I don't know I'm learning, man. I'm learning.
1: <laughs> so we do that. We do that diet to get ready for ceremony, just to start to clean our bodies to, uh, start to create an environment where the spirit of ayahuasca can thrive within us and start doing the deep kind of healing that only that spirit can do. Um, as you move through your, as, as you do more ayahuasca, you'll start to be introduced to the idea of dieta and uh, shamanic dieta. And that's where we, we select a tree. And we will, uh, for a week, We'll cut out almost all food. We'll we'll eat a little bit of of white food early in the day. Again, no salt, no spices, no peppers. Um, uh, We'll spend the day meditating, studying, learning the ikaros, the the sacred songs that we use during ceremony. Specifically, we, we might focus on the Icaro that's for the tree that we're dieting. And then at sunset, we'll drink tea that's made from the bark of that tree. So we'll, we'll take the tea, we'll sing an eco into the medicine, and then we'll each drink it. And then we do about, you know, anywhere from a half an hour to an hour of meditation where we're putting our intention forward to begin to cultivate a relationship with the tree that we're dieting. And then when we go back into ceremonies, and we bring the ikoro in with us for that tree that we've dieted, that solidifies our relationship to the spirit of that tree. So when you start doing work like this, you start to learn that like there's more than one spirit, right? Like for some people, you'll go, oh, well, spirit. And, and they automatically, if they were raised in, in Christian religion, they'll, they'll think the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, right? Or the spirit of God. And it and it it's, uh, creates this duality. There's like, there's me and there's God, right? In these other uh, shamanic ways of thinking around some of these plants and plant medicines and earth religions, uh, it's a pantheon. There's, there's spirits of all these different things, all these different trees, all these different plants, and you're just picking up the skills. You're, you're picking up the tools that you need to be able to have a, uh, to cultivate an effective relationship with that spirit and learn how to receive the help from that spirit. And so things start to open up, right? They, it, you start to realize it's not just me and God, it's me and an oak tree, right? Ramo Caspi or Bobinsana or. or Uh, Juniper or like they all have spirits and I can communicate with all of them for different things I don't have to just go back to one source to get help. I have other allies I have the spirits of my ancestors that I can call in and and use them to Gain knowledge and information. I can call on this tree. I can call in these plants. I can call in these animals, right? You're just learning all these different techniques to use to put yourself in the spirit world use the spirits that want to help you, use them as tools. That that's that's what we're doing now. How to open that up to somebody who's just uh, like getting started? I, it's hard to say. Like, just get started. Like, find some work that appeals to you. Do you do you like plant medicine? Do you like flotation tanks? Do you like meditation? Do you you know read books, listen to cool podcasts like yours, and just you know. Let, be open, let spirit talk and work, work with you.
0: Amazing. Amazing, man. Yeah, I I totally agree. I really like a lot of the points that you made there. And what that brought up for me was I'm, I, I've heard about uh, Carlos Castaneda, Carlos Castaneda, the teachings of Uh Don Juan for a long time. So Mm -hmm. finally, I maybe have like 20 minutes of the audio book left. And it's about this guy's search to work with peyote, the plant medicine, uh, mescalito, and finds a shaman. And so much of that book is about the spirit of the plant as as an entity, as as a right. as a teacher. And when you do plant medicine, you choose a plant teacher, and that's what this shaman is, is sharing: is that this is a teacher for you if if you want this and and you're also touching on the idea that everything is alive and that for me is is very real it's something that uh you know is a different fundamental operating system that i think that i have that that most people don't and again i've been trying to elicit this awake and versus asleep or like a fundamental that maybe that i'm holding or other people are holding that creates a difference so if you're waking up every day and and everything is separate from you you know the person in the other car and then that car and then the trees it doesn't matter like the other day I was driving down the highway and somebody threw out a coffee cup with a little bit of coffee in the window on the highway and I just like honked my horn it wasn't in anger it was like just honking so he knew I saw and then I pull up beside him and I just give him a like what the F man? Like, what do you, (laughs) why would you do that? You know, you have no, you know, obviously he feels that he's separate from his, from his surroundings that because it's the highway or whatever, he can just litter. And, And for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. That doesn't make any sense. So I think that that's another, another really important fundamental. And so then we're talking about the spirit of all things, which is really important. If everything is alive and everything has a spirit, one of the ways that, I was imagining it as you said it is like, you know, if you take all the eagles of the world or you take all these, you know, caribou or all these sacred animals in the, in the native culture and just what what their uh, characteristic is, like the buffalo and they all have these noble, there's, there's something in there that we attach to that they're bringing forth and they're emitting an energy, you know, there is a spirit of mat, not the ego, just the human being that is doing things. There is an energy that's emitting from that and so we're just kind of attaching to this to this feeling that they're creating these characteristics that we can identify with in this in this realm that's just beyond the physical because there actually is a literal um energy as well and so another way to understand it is like bruce lee is one of my mentors he's dead and everything that he did and stood for is still in existence i can call that energy in of what what those actions represented for me and that's the spirit of bruce lee his body's not here but that energy still holds so um just really interesting and i think that it's it's such a good point on 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 what you're talking about and then also really the fundamental of connecting with nature so many people are so disconnected to nature you know whether you you make it a part of your day to go to a pond or sit by a tree they call it forest bathing in china now you know it's just it's like go forest bathe you mean like go outside and and go for a walk in the woods you should do that you know turns out science says it's good for you no kidding it's amazing yeah um yeah so kind of ranting there um i i don't know if you have any feedback but i think that you touched on a lot of really important points right that are just these simple things and to open up our awareness that everything is alive because the programming that we have in day to day can really just be focused on stress, going to your job, you know, whatever this outside thing is that we need to complete, you know, and then we come home and then it's all artificial, artificial TV, artificial social media, artificial stuff, rather than sitting on your butt and people will say, Oh, well, I'm bored. Well, good. Be bored. You know, be bored, be you know, and the float, you know, if you if you maybe add in one thing that connects you to nature or yourself, right? To shut that all off. Now you you're taking that time to look within. So I don't know if you have any comments on that. I've kind of went on for a bit there. <laughs> uh, well, no, it, it's interesting because like, you know, we have to remember that we
1: are nature, right? Mm-hmm. And so like taking the time to do something like meditation or Yoga or floating or something like where you're just connecting into yourself. Um that's not the one I need. I need the power supply for
0: the computer. Oh thank you.
1: Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I, need, that. I need we are nature. And we have to mm-hmm. like that's part of making the connection back to nature and to spirit is it starts with us. It comes through us. Right. Um, this is, this is a, a great time to talk about something that you said very early on in the podcast, um, where you were talking about how in a lot of ways your generation feels like everything's fucked up. Right. I think it's like, I feel that way a lot. I look around, I look at, like, our political situation is jacked up down here, right? And and uh, so, you know, I, I, I feel that same way a lot. And I think what's really important to remember is that um, nature seeks balance. The universe seeks balance. And so anytime that there's this... Um, awakening and this positive energy that starts to come up right the opposite is also going to happen like negative dark stuff is going to happen in order for it all to just achieve equilibrium just balance right there has to be light and dark there has to be good and bad there has to be good and evil so it's important that we don't get too focused on what what the problems are because as big as that problem looks to you, on the other side of that is the response to it, like good, light, lovely, beautiful people are emerging every day, telling their stories, doing their work, the, the plant medicines are, are um, awakening and spreading all over the world, people's consciousness is changing, we're waking up like all of that's also happening simultaneously, right? And so we need to like think about this concept and hold this concept in our lives. We're we are the the beneficiaries of technology, and we shouldn't ignore it. Like we're talking to each other from half a world apart because we can. I'm sitting in a in a in a recording studio filled with technology, I build flotation tanks that use computers and like. like, I'm a consumer, I have an iPad and a computer and an iPhone and all that, right? But we have to balance those things out. We have to do what nature does and what the universe does and go ahead, play a video game and then go for a walk. right? Watch something on television and then go out in your backyard and put your feet in the grass and look at the trees and listen to the birds. Go to the woods, take a hike, sit and listen, communicate with nature, listen to the spirits of the trees talk to you, wait for the animals to walk by. We can be both. We, we don't have to be all one thing. Like I've done it, I've retreated into nature. I went up to Colorado and lived in a cabin in the woods for five years because I was kind of sick of everything that the modern world was dishing out, you know. But after 5 years, I got sick of being in nature all the time and not having any technology and not having modern comforts and things like that, right? It's it's about finding that balance. That's that's probably the most important thing that you can teach people is assist the universe as it seeks balance. Mm.
0: Incredible. Yeah, I, I 100% resonate with all that. And I think that the lack of balance is where people are really having that that challenge. We're, we're so many people are, are really just stuck in the, you know, the city, consumer you know, because that's the stuff that's that's kind of put in your face a lot. So, you know, when we're watching too much TV, playing too much video games, stuck too much on social media, you know, it's not... You can detox and you can you can delete your Facebook. And there's that's a good idea. I wish I could. And there's a lot of people that I need would like to get in touch with with all my travels. Now, if I'm on Facebook and just checking it and I'll catch myself checking it for no reason, that's not okay. You know, then get outside. So I think that really you know maybe for people to just think about what they can do to counterbalance the the side that might not be beneficial so like you said yeah if you watch tv go sit in the grass for 20 minutes you know or meditate right go go listen to some you know music or binaural beats or meditate or go for a walk or just just remember to balance it out and and when you do that what's actually happening too is different brainwave states and you're you're making that conscious effort And also I think another tool that you mentioned before was really just open up to the possibility of communicating with the spirit of life, you know, being inquisitive like a kid when you're out in the forest and and experiencing these different things to just be inquisitive and to be aware, you know, and to be present is it can be really transformative in itself. Uh, My friend, well, you know, this has been fantastic. Uh, I would love to talk to you all day. I'm going to have to get you back on. Um, My, my, oh gosh, my, just, my, I don't even go I love
1: these conversations.
0: Yeah, man, I'm just so grateful for you. It's, it's. I'm so glad. It's been like almost a year in the making since we met in in Austin and you just uh, gave off such, you know, a great energy and, and, you know, you're really awesome ambassador for floating and consciousness and the world and just. It doesn't need to be, you know, I think a lot of people think it needs to be over the top. I, th- I think it's a lot in how you show up and how you want to create, you know, bringing that freedom back, bringing that connection to yourself in whatever way you're going to get it. And floating is a really powerful way that's that's really taken off, that's that's amplifying more and more because it does. it is a technology that allows you to reach deep states very quickly in a short amount of time. And a, yeah. a lot of people don't like meditation and they're confused. And, you know, how do I sit? And my butt hurts and my back hurts, you know, and you're okay, like, hey, just be quiet, get in this flow tank. It's going to be wet. It's going to be great, you know. <laughs> and in a short period of, t- period of time, you're, you're really getting the results that you want. So, you know, kudos for the powerful technology and and just putting that offering out there for people. Um, but before, before we go, just, I want to know if there's anything that you wish that I had asked, if there's anything that you want to rant about or talk about, or that I opened up that you wanted to continue down and, you know, just, just put that back in your court before we close it down or just anything you want to leave the listeners with.
1: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast and giving me the opportunity to Well, to talk with you, and it's been a a great conversation, and I I know we'll do this again. It's a lot of fun, and, um, you know, for folks that are interested in floating, uh, you know, I I, I really, really recommend it. It's, you'll, I think everybody can find something of benefit from the floating practice. I think for a lot of people, it, it is their introduction into consciousness exploration, into expansion of awareness, and it's it's a darn good tool for that. I mean, it's it's safe, it's legal, it's readily available. Uh, there's no recovery period <laughs> after doing it. It's just got so much going for it, you know. It's I, I think as the uh, we talked about consciousness awakening right now in the world, that so many people are coming to plant medicines and shamanism and just 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 alternative modes to, um, to try to achieve some kind of balance in their life. You know, it's like if you're one of these people, but you're not in the situation where you can take plant medicines or, just, you know, do, use some of these other technologies, here, here's an easy one for you. So um, there's uh, some good websites out there where you can search around for a float center near, near you. There's, uh, my friends have one called Flotation Locations dot com and you can put in your zip code and it'll give you uh you set up a radius i want to know of every float center within 100 miles or whatever there's a lot more of them out there than you think there's a lot of great folks that are providing this really beneficial opportunity this service to people and and uh, i just recommend that everybody give it a try
0: awesome and what what's your website
1: uh if you want to look at our float center that's zero institute.com if you want to know more about the float rooms that we build that's zerogravityfloatrooms.com.
0: awesome cool brother well kevin man so good to see you i appreciate you <laughs> all the work that you're doing uh very pleasant conversation informative and i and i think that this will inspire a lot of people to go like you said Uh, it is an entry level into beginning to explore your consciousness and altered states. Because when you wake up, one of the things that I'll say and, and why I'm passionate about Zen athlete and what I'm putting out there is because the main principle is that teaching a kid just to clear his mind and the person that can clear their mind for even a brief period of time. And the person who is unable to do so is a fundamental shift in consciousness. And ultimately a fundamental shift in personal freedom because if you're attached to your thoughts and they never st- well you're not attached but they keep running over and over and you can't get a break from that you're 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 kind of glued to your thoughts you're going for the ride and that's the common state of uh, hypnosis that a lot of people are under and that's what meditation teaches you you know and that's what flotation can teach you you don't need to know anything about meditation to go in there and get an experience so now you know that there's something different. And once you have that little bit, it's almost like glue and tape. You're just unsticking it. And once it's, mm-hmm. it's not attached anymore, it doesn't go back the same. It'll be stuck again, but you'll know that there's a difference. And now gradually over time, oh, maybe that's an interesting concept for just consciousness expansion. Mansion. Just dis, you know, unidentifying with your thoughts, unidentifying with your personality and with the outer world, and really connecting with the inner world and the world of spirit and yourself. So, yeah, man. You know, um, Matt, you just brought up one
1: more thing that we should talk about. Just really, yeah. I'm glad I did. Yeah, go it would for it. Be really <laughs> beneficial. Um, so much of what we're doing when we're meditating when we're floating, when we're working with plant medicines, when we're just leading our daily lives, it's about starting over. When we meditate, you're not doing it wrong if you get distracted and something pops into your head. It's, the lesson is start over, right? I'm meditating, I'm going deep, I'm clearing my mind. Whoops, there's my shopping list for the grocery store. Okay, got the shopping list, good. Clear that out, start over. Relax, clear my mind. The next thing pops up, fine, deal with it, clear it out, start over. That is meditation. That is floating. In the float tank, random stuff's gonna come up all the time. Acknowledge it, start over. In life, we're gonna have missteps, we're gonna have stumbles, we're gonna have setbacks, right?
0: Fine, acknowledge it, start over. It's meditation amazing. Yes, beautiful man. I think that's a, a brilliant way to to end it and and I'm glad you brought up that point because that's it, man. That's 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 really it and it's yeah, you know, being kind to yourself, start over, you know, cuz you know, we're just going to it's like we become adults, right? And we're supposed to have it figured out. You know you don't yell at a 5-year-old yeah. who who getting like you know you're older than me you know I'm 33 I I don't know what is going on you know I'm con- constantly confused and so my mind rather than trying to figure it out ayahuasca kind of teaches you it's like it's too big buddy like just just yeah. handle walking down the street and being aware <laughs> you know you're not going to figure out all that stuff so yeah. you know you know, you're a little bit down, down the line and a little bit more experienced, but that's kind of the message, right? Is, is that, like you touched on, one of the main Zen points is letting go. You know, letting go of a, a, lot, of, a lot of different things. So, yeah, man. I hope I um, never figure it out, my friend, because the journey, the searching,
1: the exploration, that's what's fun. I hope I never figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out when I die, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes, exactly, man. I love it. Yeah. And that's it, right? This is a journey. I like a playground, you know, just, you're going consist- to consistently learn and it will always expand in you know, the once you get to a level, whatever it is that you're going to expand. So, um, you know, just thanks so much for being you. Thanks for coming on and, and the work. I look forward to uh, seeing you in Austin again. Hopefully I'll see you at the Conscious Media Festival or, or when I'm around those I'll parts. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Thanks for everything, brother. Thanks, Matt. It's really my pleasure. Thank you. All right, man. Okay, thanks, everybody, for watching. See you in the next one. Peace. All right, guys, that wraps up this incredible episode with Kevin Johnson. So as you saw at the beginning, and I keep making reference to that, I uh, messed up royally so it can't happen, and it happened live. So super embarrassing. Uh, you know, those things happen, and uh, it's just kind of a part of the game. It's what happens when you want to play, and, and as you can see, Kevin's such a beautiful guy. He totally left me off the hook. He didn't take it personally, so, you know, maybe... Maybe the internet actually didn't even give me crap about it. Somebody actually just said uh, it was Mercury retrograde. So that made me feel a little bit better. Um, But nonetheless, so don't be afraid to try. Just get out there and do your best. And uh, that's what I'm doing. Um, So if you guys want to support the show, uh, you can go to... What can you do? You can leave a review. That's super helpful. Do that. Uh, you can go to Patreon now. It's on my website. And you can go to mattbellier.com store and get some free stuff, uh, including Sync Tuition, three free powerful binaural beat tracks um, that you can listen to that are incredible, that create a gamma wave brainwave. And you can listen to that over and over again. They're free. Resonant Science Foundation, the Ark Crystal, which is baller, which I have. And I got from Egypt with Nassim Haramine and the Resonant Science Foundation. And there's going to be more cool crap coming down the pipe. Um, I'm just working out, um, you know, using all these things, seeing how I feel about them, learning about them, talking to people who use them and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, as I vet it and I use it and I and I personally enjoy it and believe in it, you know, I'll, I'll give that option to you guys to check out. And if you want to explore it, then. That's up to you as well. Oh, Seven Bomara's on there. I always forget to mention him. Secret Energy. He's got all kinds of like... Information. If you think my podcast is mind blowing, that guy, I go over to his stuff and I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, I'm in the minor leagues compared to that fellow. Um, And he's got all these tinctures, all this incredible stuff he's working on. So he's one of the guys that blows my mind. And I I hope to have him on the show one day and uh, just really powerful stuff. So check out secretenergy.com. There's a link at the store as well. Um, But he's got all kinds of amazing stuff over there too. So um, just connecting you to people that I believe in and think that are cool. And and that's that Um, also for coaching I got a form now mattbelair.com slash coaching check that out and I think that's it I feel like I'm rambling I'm getting ready for uh, another podcast so I've been Trying to pump out as many as I can, four to five a week. It's been busy, it's been exciting, and I'm gonna continue this output as much as I can and and create the systems um, so that I can uh, produce them, but also takes me a little bit. uh, Some of the tedious work comes off my plate because I need to get out and travel and explore and sit in nature and do the work. So that's what I'm feeling called to do right now. Um, But I love you and I appreciate you. And before we go, I'll just invite you to come into a state of coherence wherever you are. And all you need to do is to set your intention to come to coherence, whatever state that you want, and to take in three deep breaths with intention. So let's do that. So wherever you are, even if you're driving with your eyes open, it doesn't matter. Walking down the street doesn't matter. Set the intention now to take in a deep breath in through your nose and come to a state of powerful peace and connection with all of nature, all of source, setting the intention to come into connection with the source of oneness, the thing that moves within all beings, within all things, the divine spark, the divine source that's within you. Just let out that breath with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath, setting your intention just to connect with this powerful permeating force that connects and is within everything, including you. The highest intelligence, nature, God, source, whatever you want to call it. Just let that breath out slowly. And now take in another deep breath in through your nose. Just imagine powerful universal light coming down and permeating every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. Completely immersed in this divine, powerful, universal energy that is within all things, giving life to all things knowing that you are a divine multidimensional creator and are infinitely powerful. And now as an infinitely powerful being, I want you to generate the feeling of love and gratitude and support. And as you generate this feeling of love and gratitude and support, I am sending you that energy, all of my love, all of my gratitude, all of my support. And as you receive this energy, I want you to send out that energy to all your friends, your family, to your enemies, to everybody in jail, to everybody suffering, to everybody causing harm, to the entire planet. I want you to send out genuine and powerful love and gratitude and support for all beings on the planet. And as you send that energy out, I want you to imagine that this energy has touched every sentient being in all life on the planet and is coming back to you like this infinite tidal wave. And as it comes back to you, I want you to open your heart and being to take in this energy and receive the infinite love and support and gratitude from all life on the planet. Just open yourself up to feeling and receiving that energy now, charging every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being because when you remember how powerful you are, how worthy you are, you can now do more good for the planet more good for others we can't help the planet and other people if we are not empowered ourselves and as you really let this sink in and resonate and remember that it is your birthright to be a divine free sovereign and powerful being and that is who you are just allow yourself to sit in this energy so thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in the next episode